0: wonderful good morning everyone so good to see you if you're new here welcome to church with us Uh, my name is Pierre and it's my absolute joy this morning to share uh, the word with you I'm not going to do it alone we're going to be hearing from from a few people this morning which I'm quite excited about but before we jump into that I just want to mention to us as a church family the next two Sundays are going to be important moments for us as a church next Sunday uh, we are going to have an important leadership moment as a church together. So you don't want to miss this. And then there's a very exciting update for us as a church. I'm not going to say too much because then you're going like, to think about it the whole time throughout the service when I'm trying to preach. Like, what is the update? But let me just say, it's fairly big. It's fairly important. So if you want to hear more about that, be here next week. <laughs> I'm just going to leave you with that. Um, so next Sunday, the 28th of November, is an important moment for us as a church Don't miss out, and in the following Sunday, the 5th of December, we will have what we call our Thanksgiving service, which is an annual moment um, where we get together to just thank God for the year, and what we're going to do is we're going to have a service in here, a worship service, loads of singing, loads of praises, and then afterwards, you can bring a brunch basket along and join us under the trees. We'll have some things set out, and we're going to have a brunch picnic together after church to just thank the Lord together for this year. But more details to come all right can i just ask the sound team i'm not sure if you can hear it up there but there's a bit of a feedback down here so just check uh check that before we carry on thank you so much appreciate that so yeah next two sundays diarize them make every effort to be here uh we will also continue to be online during these but that should not be an excuse be here and come and join us over the next two weeks so this morning as we're going to look at the word And as I said, we're going to look at it together. I want you to remind yourself that preaching is a team moment. It's a team effort. I can preach my heart out, but if there's no one listening to me, like to what end? (laughs) And then we also have the Holy Spirit speaking to us while we're engaging the Word of God. So this morning when the Word is being preached and where we are being encouraged and where we are being challenged, I want you to be participants of the sermon this morning. All right. So let's pray together. And then we're going to get into the word of God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's clear. Thank you, Lord, that it's life-giving and life-bringing, Lord. That it sets us free. That freedom comes, Lord, because of your word that you have given us. And I pray this morning that as your church community, that as we listen to the word today, Father, that each one of us will play our part. That each one of us will play in this this, uh, team sport of preaching by listening to what you are saying, by listening to the voice of your Holy Spirit. And thank you, Lord, that you are so ready to speak to us. And we say this morning, Lord, we are so ready to listen to your word. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 Awesome. Let me say this, that you are not yourself by yourself. You are not yourself by yourself. So let's think about that for a moment. Imagine you are the best bedroom musician who sits and plays your guitar hours on end, and you know that you are an absolute brilliant musician, and you are fantastic, but you will only be considered a musician once you take your music out of the bedroom and play it outside, right? So you can't be fully yourself by yourself. John Mayer might be one of the best guitarists in the world, and surely it started for him in his bedroom, just playing on his guitar, but now the world knows John Mayer because he stepped out of the yourself space to be himself out there. Whitney Houston might have started singing by herself, walking down the street, or when she's just by herself, but today we know that name because she was herself by not being by herself. Same applies to sport. Sport. You could be the best kicker in rugby, and you could work really hard, and you can kick beyond the 55 meter distance and even further down, but if there's no team to play rugby with, and there's now no crowd to see what you do, you ain't playing rugby. You cannot be yourself by yourself. Pete cannot be Pete this morning if we weren't in this room. He would have pulled open those curtains and closed it down for who to see, (laughs) and for who to enjoy. You see, Pete is Pete because he is in community. He is with others. So we cannot be ourselves by ourselves. Eugene Peterson, the one who authored the message, paraphrase of the Bible, said it like this. He says, there can be no maturity in a spiritual life, no obedience in following Jesus, no wholeness in the Christian life, apart from an immersion in, and a full embrace of community. There can be no maturity in the spiritual life, no obedience in following Jesus, no wholeness in the Christian life, apart from an immersion in and a full embrace of community. I am not myself by myself. And last week we started speaking about this purpose mission statement of this church Follow Jesus together. We say that this is who we are. This is what we do as Every Nation Sums the West. And today I want to speak about the together part. Last week, I shared with you guys about what it is to follow Jesus, the road of discipleship, which is a simple call. It's a call of simplicity. It's a call of shaping. It's a call of significance. And we spoke about the obstacles that get in our way to follow him, the obstacles of security, The obstacles of duty and the obstacles of our conditions. But we don't just follow Jesus alone, we follow Jesus together. If you think about the story of the Bible, if you think about the story of Israel, the people that God chose, and if you think about the Christian faith today, the Christian faith is a journey of community, it has to be expressed together. Today, we're going to look a little bit deeper into what that means for us, how we do that. Right in the beginning, when God created, He said, let us make man in our image. So even God in His existence, being a triune God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, coexisting in full personalities and full identity in themselves, but being one lives and dwell in community. So how can we even think that in following Jesus, we can do it by ourselves? We are called to be together in our following of Christ. This season that we've been through has taught us just the beautiful value of following Him together. So right at the beginning, this idea, and then throughout Scripture, we see this story of God saying, my people need to walk together. We are never called to walk alone. And I don't know how many songs you've heard with that idea in it, because it seems to be the culture of the day. It seems to be the narrative on people's minds. I do me, and I do me well, and I don't do anyone else. (laughs) That's not how God created us. Remember, you cannot be yourself by yourself. Then it's just you and your world, but God has placed us in a world with people, with others to follow him. So how do we follow him together? We're gonna to look at seven things that we find in scripture, and there's more. So these are just the seven ones that I felt the Holy Spirit lay out on my heart for us as a church community this morning. But seven things of how we were created to follow him. You see, when the first church was birthed, in Acts chapter two, it says this, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. There's no exclusion there. It doesn't say some who believed came together and some others decided not to. Like, yeah, I'll follow Jesus, but I, I don't wanna hang out with church. It says all who believed were together. So at the, the, the inception of church, at the start, at this dynamite moment when the church was birthed, the people just stuck together. And that is what we are called to, but we live in a very individualistic culture today where it's very much about me and my journey. But we're going to find today the beauty, the the richness, the depth of walking out our Christian faith together again. So seven things that I want to go through. And in a short moment, I'm going to start inviting others to come and share on some of these points so that you are encouraged to see just how we do this together. But the first point, and a very important one, is we hear and obey the word together. We hear and obey the word together. When I read the Bible by myself, I know what I've read and I know what it said. And I do have the Holy Spirit because we spoke about that over the past few weeks. We are the people of God and he dwells within us. We are the temple of the Lord. But if there's no one else reading and walking with me, there's not a whole lot of obedience expected of me, right? Right? But I can read something today and say, honor your parents, but it's really up to me to decide whether I want to obey it. But the beauty is when we hear the word together, we get to obey it together. Who of you owns a Bible, like a physical copy of a Bible? Okay, that's great news. I see most hands up in the air. It's it's best to read a Bible like this. I know we all have phones and new version, but... Whatsapps and other things pop up and then your focus is stolen. So just a little side note. <laughs> it's best to read the Bible like this. But originally, the Word of God came to the people of God in a speaking, writing, reading aloud, and listening environment. It was only in 1454 that the Bible, as we have it today, went to press. Press. So up until that time, how did the people of God engage the word? In a setting like this, where there was the speaking, the writing, the reading aloud of the scrolls and the the references that they had, and then the listening. But in the past 500 plus years, what has happened is even the way we engage the word has forced us to become more individualistic in our reading and our understanding of it. And yes, by all means, what an advance that we can have the word and that the word of the the Lord and the gospel is spreading across the world where people can read it and millions, billions have it in their possession. That is a beautiful thing. But originally it came to the people through a speaking, hearing and writing, reading aloud and listening environment. And somehow I think like the church have unlearned that. You've got to read your Bible every day. And then the second part of the sentence is, and you've got to hear and obey it together. We cannot separate these two because there's a depth that comes when we process the Word of God together. So for us today, it's it's mostly a reading and a thinking. We open it up, we read, and then we think. That's why church is so important. That's why the gathering of the saints on a Sunday is important. That's why small groups where we open up the Bible and engage it together is so important because that's how God had given it to us from the very beginning. And that's how we hear and obey the word together. Matthew 7 verse 24. Jesus has just given the people that's been following him a great word. The Sermon on the Mount has just been preached. And he said this, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. He didn't call people apart and say, hey, you've heard everything I said, now you just go and do it. He spoke to everyone together and said, now that you, the collective whole who's been following me, have heard these things, make sure that you, the collective whole, walks in it so that you can be like a man who built his house on a rock. And because they've heard it together, they can keep one another in accountability. Because they've listened to it together, they can say, hey, remember what Jesus said? That what you're doing now ain't going to work because that's not what Jesus said. But somehow we have diminished it to simply me and my Bible reading. And that's why I'm so passionate about preaching in this house and that we preach the word well and that people find themselves in discipleship groups where we discuss the word because every single one of you have access to the word. Every single one of you can open the Bible and speak to someone else from the Bible because the Bible has been given to us in community. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that encouraging? You don't have to have a mic on a Sunday morning to be able to open up the word and share it with someone else. You don't have to have a mic on a Sunday morning to be able to obey the word and follow the decrees of Jesus. There's a greater obedience that comes when we hear the word together. Because then we can really walk it out. I'm going to ask Mark to come and join me to share a testimony with us this morning. Last week, Mark heard the word that was preached. But it didn't end there for him. Because he heard the word together, he responded at a personal level, but then because he heard the word together, one of his friends stepped in and said, now that you've heard the word, how are you going to respond to it? So come and join me. You're welcome to take off your mask. Awesome. You can say hi to the people first. Introduce yourself. Uh,
1: Hi. Good morning. Um, I'm Mark. Hi.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) No you're pressure. The, you're the guy in the Bible that does things immediately, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so last week you were here, and then at the end of the, the service, we had a moment for you to respond, and, and both you and your wife, Melissa, got up. But first question is, what made you get up at the end of the message?
1: Um, I got up because she told me to stand up.
0: Okay. Well done.
1: <laughs> Great. I was told to say that, too. Um, no. Um, yeah, I think... What was quite uh, prevalent about last week was how we've been following Jesus, but were we really following? Because I think we carry so much of our past with us, and um, there's just you know there's a lot of weight that a person carries with you, and to you know you you're trying to follow, um, and and as we're saying now, it says I want to f- I, I, I've decided to follow Jesus, um, and there's no turning back, and I think often what we do, and, and that's, I'm speaking for perhaps us, is that you are following, but you're constantly looking behind you. And you can't really follow when you're looking behind you. So, you know, I think that was for us uh, a moment where we just wanna, you know, forget the past and, and, and look, look ahead and, and what's, what's important, and what's, what's ahead of us.
0: Amazing, the word says, you're using Christ as a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Which is amazing. So you got prayed for by some friends and then someone put some obedience towards you and said, okay, the Bible says this and you've got to obey. So tell us that story.
1: Um, Yeah, so Stefan, he came and and joined us last Sunday. And something he asked me was, have I been baptized? Um, uh, I said, you know, when I was a baby, I was obviously christened. um, So... It's been something that was on my heart probably for the last. My, my wife and I got married four months ago, and before we got married, I actually said that's something I, I'd like to be baptised. And Steafan, not knowing this, um, asked the question, um, and you know, obviously, I said no. But it is something that's, that's weighing heavily on my heart that I'd like to have that done. Great.
0: And us knowing Steafan, like things happen immediately, right?
1: I think if you could have done it right there, you would have. Um, but by, fr- by Sunday, 4 o'clock, 4.30 on Sunday afternoon, uh, both my wife and I had been baptized.
0: That's amazing. Can we give praise to Jesus for that? Now, you had to shuffle your day around a little bit because you had some other plans and things to do, right? Look,
1: I mean, at the end of the day, yes, we had plans, but you know, I think that was, it, it was God speaking and... Um, everything else can wait. You know, the, the world Come. can wait. And, and that was that was so good. God putting it on our heart. And it was just, yeah.
0: We so would you say it's a fair observation that for four months you've been walking with this idea, but the fact that community came next to you, it moved you to obedience. It helped you make that final step of obeying.
1: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think, and, and just, just for us to stand up last Sunday, um, you preached a few weeks ago about being bold, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know we live in a world where there's not, it's not fear, but you you almost don't want to take that step mm-hmm. because of what other people might think of you, mm-hmm. and and you know because it doesn't conform with society. Mm-hmm. And I think standing up last week in in a amongst everybody, um, it was that step of just being bold and just saying. You know, this isn't about me. This isn't about everybody else. This is about about following following Jesus. And, and
0: yeah, you know. great. How's your week been since last Sunday?
1: Um, amazing. I think there's just I think we can both see and feel this, there's a stirring. Um, Come on. And you know, just opening the Bible and just reading, it's yeah, it's it's amazing. And I mean, just the the you know the worship songs we sang this morning, it was. Both of us just looking at each other, and you know, goosebumps like I've got now. Um,
0: <laughs> just gorgeous. with the
1: light, and I think, yo, yeah, the light shining.
0: Awesome, man. Can we give God uh, just an honor for this? Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. And here he's a week later telling the story. So I want you to see there the fact that someone in the community said, Hey, we're hearing the word. Let's do it. When we hear the word together, we can obey it together. And people's lives are drastically changed. And he's, he's been having his walk, maybe like many of us, with this idea of baptism. Like, uh, like yeah, as a baby. And What does the word say? When you follow Jesus, what do you do? You get baptized. So we obey that. We don't have to let complexity and tradition and uncertainty come in the way. Because that's what the word says. And when the word says that, we can encourage one another to obey it. The second thing we do in communities, we pray together. There's a power when we pray together that we cannot have when we pray by ourselves. There's a depth, there's a strength, there's an encouragement, there's an energy that we, that we have when we get together to pray. So I want to tell you a, a quick story. On Friday night, I attended an Orthodox Jewish community Shabbat service. In the synagogue in Cape Town, the Garden Shul Synagogue, the oldest synagogue in Cape Town, beautiful building. And I know I see some eyebrows going up, like, Pierre, why? (laughs) Like, what what are you doing now? Don't worry, I haven't converted to Judaism. I'm still Pierre Smith. I'm still here. I still love and follow Jesus. But for my studies that I'm busy with at the moment, one of our assignments was to visit a, a non Christian worship service and just observe. So, through a long journey of getting through the front door, which was quite a long journey, (laughs) and a lot of questions and interrogations, like what am I doing here, why am I here, what am I gonna do? I eventually got through the front door, and I was inside the synagogue, and it was an incredible, beautiful experience. What really stood out for me is those people singing those, those Hebrew Psalms without any instruments, just with their voices, and then they know all these intricate melodies, and it was an incredible experience. But talking about praying together, when these prayer moments happen, you have the art scroll in front of you, which is their book of worship. And on this side, you've got the Hebrew, and on this side, you've got the English. So I could kind of follow, and and, 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 and at least the rabbi said we're in page 364 because I couldn't read the Hebrew sites. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And I'm there, and I'm just speaking to the guy next to me. So every time he turns the page, I, (laughs) okay, we're turning the page. All right. And then at some point, it says like the the chazan, which is the the choir leader would sing and then the congregation would respond. So I could kind of figure out where we are on the journey. But then there were these moments of prayer and I had to like just get out of the way every now and again because these guys would all turn this way and pray like this, walking three steps forward and then bow forward as they say amen and stand up straight as they say Hashem. All these things that happened, but no one prayed with me. Now, the funny part of the story is when I was done there, having a good experience and they were very welcoming. I got into the car and I drove to Simonstown because there we had an every nation intercessors' prayer boot camp. So as I walked through the door, people were just praying for hours on it <laughs> together and loud all at the same time. You know sometimes when we say, especially us lighter skinned people, like, let's pray. It's very quiet for a very long time. And we just stand around and like, think Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. But when you pray with people who know how to pray and they say, let's pray, the voices just go up and the roof lifts and there's just voices flying around and all just praying together at the same time. And I walked from this space of just being kind of by myself amongst people who are praying to just being in a room where we just praying together. And agreeing together and saying, Come on, Jesus, together, and opening up the windows, God, we're praying for our nation. We're praying for breakthrough. We're praying that, Lord, corruption would cease. These were the kind of prayers that we were praying. And for you guys who you know Dave Russell, he was praying up a storm for the nation out there, and we could all agree, and there was fire in the house. So the two worlds that I experienced, just so different. And that's what God has called us to as a church, together to pray to get together to pray. There's moments in our prayer that we can go that deep with the Lord, but then when I pull in someone and say, hey, Claude, come and pray with me, then there's a depth to my prayer. There's a strength in my prayer. That's why we follow Jesus together. When the disciples wanted to know how to pray, let's read what happened. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Wasn't one of them calling them to side like, hey, Jesus, can I just figure out this pray thing? say no lord teach us your community those following you together teach us how to pray and then i love jesus's response he says when you pray the plural you pray all of you come together to pray pray like this our father in heaven not just my father our father in heaven you see how plurality, community is always and constantly in the language of Scripture. So we hear and obey the Word of God together, but then we get together for prayer, to pray together. We do it in our homes, as families, with our spouses, with our children. We do it when we gather once a month to pray together. We do it at any point of time where we say, hey, I just need prayer. Can you pray with me? WhatsApps are good, and it's great to say, hey, buddy, praying for you. You know those kind of conversations? Hey, it's a tough day, tough week, tough conversation. Can you please pray for me? And then what do we do? Like, yes, I'll pray for you with a scripture. You know what's better? Pick up the phone and pray. That's great. That's community. Like, cool. Give me three minutes. Hey, is 12 o'clock a good time? I want to quickly call you and pray with you. That's what God has called us to, is that we have to pray together. It's the words us. Teach us to pray. And then he said to them. And then the word our. It's all about praying together together. Community. I want Quibus to come and share just a brief testimony from their lives of how this idea of praying with others has just strengthened them and carried them in a time that they needed it. So thanks, Quibus. Over to you.
2: Morning. Um, uh, it's fantastic to be here with family just to share what God did in our lives. Um, so, me and my wife, Anushka, we were married and we um, just knew there was a calling of being parents on our lives and we um, really wanted that as well and then infertility happened and we were struggling for um, quite a few years and it was up and down and quite a big struggle and then we just knew we had to be vulnerable we had to tell people what is happening we had to come together um, at every point at our live groups um, when we have prayer opportunities even when having dinner with with people and they just ask what's what's going on, how are things, and we we share, and then we pray, and then we just knew, we just felt the covering of the Lord through the prayer, I mean, everywhere, and people asking continuous prayer, and we felt it, physically felt it, how people are carrying us, and we are covered by by prayer, and um, as in nature of who God is, he answered the prayer, and we are um, parents of a wonderful boy, Mateo, mm. and as God's nature is he has given far and above and beyond what we prayed for, and now we are 18 weeks um, with a little girl on the way, so all praise to God for that. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Thank you Thomas. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You see... There's that gathering that we have where we're like, guys, let's just pray together for one another and our needs. Somehow we always just wait for Sundays or our small groups. But We can do this all the time every day. You can wake up in the morning and look at your, your spouse or your child or you think about someone that you know and you can say, hey, what do you need prayer for today? You can put aside a few minutes to pray together. So that's the second thing we do in following Jesus together As we pray praying together. And then Kubus said this, Already, we carry each other's burdens together. There are burdens in this world that is impossible for you to carry alone. It's just impossible. And some of you have been trying for so long to do it by yourself. But the beauty of the body is that we can come together and say, hey, let me help you carry that. How can I help practically? How can I help through praying with you now? How can I help by encouraging you in obeying the word Sometimes the burden will lift when we walk with someone and we realize if they just obey a word in this area, things will change. We are called to carry our burdens together. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. That's a given. In this life, you will have burdens. But then he gave us his body to carry those burdens alongside us. Because that's the generous Jesus that we follow. Yes, you will have difficulty, but you know what? You've got each other. And because you have each other, I know that you guys can get through. Because you have each other, I know that you guys can face another day. Because you have each other, I know that you guys can get through this difficult moment because you are carrying each other's burdens. 1 Corinthians 12 says it like this. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Interesting. Interesting. Nor can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. Because the head's not going to go anywhere unless the feet is taking him there, right? But God has composed the body. That the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. When your pinky is in pain, your brain knows about it. And your feet might be walking a little bit slower because that pain is just getting in the way. When your head is, you've got a headache, you've got a bad day, then your body slows down a little bit, right? And that's what Jesus says, you are so connected and there's an opportunity in this connection of following me together that you can carry burdens. And I love this house for it because I look across this room and this is a community that carries burdens well. So that's a benefit that we get from following Jesus together together is we carry each other's burdens. And then the fourth thing is we flourish in the Spirit together. When we come together as a body, then the Holy Spirit and all of us connects, and there's gifts that He's given all of us, and we get to enjoy it. A couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were in this room, and Janneke brought a word at pre-service prayer, and then she shared it here in pre-service prayer to encourage us. And then Lucy came with a song that the Lord gave her, which connected with that and encouraged us. And then we had a moment where we celebrated babies and dedicated babies. And that only, didn't only encourage the parents, but encouraged everyone in this room. And then after the service, those babies got prophesied and prayed over by others. You see, when we come together, there's a flourishing in the Spirit. You can walk by yourself and all those gifts could lie dormant there all the time but then you step into a space with other people and the Holy Spirit brings those gifts up and you can function in them. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. When we gather as a church, when we are together, the Spirit of God is working He's cultivating, he's moving, he's activating. I saw this again yesterday at this prayer boot camp. I was standing there and we were praying for our country and I had a burden on my heart to pray specifically for pastors in the Western Cape. And I'm feeling it and I'm not leading the meeting, but I'm feeling the burden and I'm feeling that the Lord wants us to prophetically pray over them. So I go to Simon Lederfolor, my friend who leads Every Nation uh, Rosebank, who was there and I said, Simon, I have a sense that we should be praying for pastors in the Western Cape. And he laughs, he looks at me and says, Pierre, the Holy Spirit just told me that a minute ago. You're a little bit slower than the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I said, well, I love being slower than the Holy Spirit. Happily do so. But you see, there's that connection. This morning at pre-service prayer, or afterwards rather, we're talking as a team who's leading the service and, and the one person says, you know what, God has put this burden on my heart for this morning. And then the next one says, I had exactly the same words. There's a flourishing. We can have our gifts by ourselves and Potentially applied and we should apply it as we reach the world But there's a flourishing that happens when we are together in the spirit that he has given to us Then moving on to the last few three more The next one is this we represent our Christ identity together We represent our Christ identity together have you noticed How identity has taken center stage in the world today. How this has become the dialogue of our culture and our age. If you read it, some of the, the current and modern day philosophers, they say that this is the greatest war that we are fighting in this generation, is the identity war. I am this, I am that, you are this, and you are that. But here... And not just here when we gather, out there, we've all been given a new identity. You see, when we are baptized, we die to self and we are resurrected with Christ. And then we don't belong to ourselves anymore because He's bought us with a price. And then we represent His kingdom and His identity. Something kicks in when we follow Jesus that you won't find anywhere else in the world something kicks in when you follow Jesus and you become a disciple that you won't find anywhere else in the world because now we are citizens of a new kingdom. Yes, we might live in South Africa or we might be from Zimbabwe or another nation, but we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Just so happen to live in South Africa or another nation. The moment you accept Jesus, you become a citizen of the kingdom of God and that is what we represent And in our togetherness, the world is eagerly waiting to see a revealing of a people that are so together beyond their limitations of culture that they look like one. That's what Christ has paid an expensive price for on the cross. This can only be seen and shaped in us if we walk with people different to us. See, it's great to talk about it. But are we actually uh, getting to a place where like, Lord, I want more of your Christ identity shaped in me, so I'm gonna be with other people that might just be a little bit different than me. And then you recognize in that moment, well, we all have a Christ identity. Then our barriers and our, and our, our prejudices all kind of fall away because it's just me and someone in Christ. Then I see Christ in that person before I see something else. Have you noticed when you need a new person, Within the first five seconds, you've already made up your mind about something of that person. Could be their clothes, could be the way they speak, could be the hair, could be the skin color, could be the car they drive, just could be something you pick up within five seconds. That's our fallen nature kicking in right there. Like, I'm going to just do a quick analysis and see how comfortable I am. Phew, guys, but when we are together in Jesus, doesn't matter who stands in front of me, I see Christ in that person represented. That's how we've got to live, to see Christ represented in one another. And here in our country especially, we daily have opportunities to live like this. We daily have opportunities in God's kingdom to live as he expects us in identity of Christ. A couple of months ago, myself, Anthony, Pastor Linda from Every Nation Zola and Pastor Joy from Every Nation Kalicha, jumped in Anthony's car to go to the Eastern Cape to go and minister there for three days And here's the beauty. It was an English man, a Burki, a Isikasa man, and a Malawian man, all in one car. But you know what, when we stepped into that car and when we stepped onto the ground to minister, we were just all followers of Jesus. None of those other things were even considered. That's what God has called us to. Now we do celebrate and enjoy ethnicity and heritage and all these things but we are residents and now members of a new kingdom and in this new kingdom, we all represent Christ. So can we just for a moment, put all our prejudices aside and say, we are all people of God and the people of Christ and we represent him in this world. That is what he has called us to. Jesus was so intentional to this point and I want you to get this. Last week, I spoke about Jesus calling his first disciples. The first one was? Peter, thank you. Someone listened. Hallelujah. And then who else did he call after Peter? His brother Andrew? Byron, thank you. And then after that, who did he call? James and John. Who was number five? Levi. Mark chapter 2. What, what did James and John and Peter and Andrew do for, for, for a living? What were their careers? What did Levi do for a living? What did tax collectors do in those days? They oppressed the people. And Levi, son of Alphaeus, as he's introduced to us, clearly shows that, that he is a Hebrew man. He comes from Hebrew heritage. So at some point in his life, he must have chose against that culture and embraced the Roman culture and become An oppressor of those who work and sweat day and night to just have their fish, sell their fish, and do a normal living. Because the tax collectors in those days were brutal. And there there was a constant competition of trying to get the most. And they would add extra that they put to the side that they put in their pockets that people didn't see. So what did Jesus do? He said, I'm gonna call the oppressed and the oppressor to follow me together. Isn't that powerful? Because in me... There's a complete new identity. That's why following Jesus is so important for us. Because as we are baptized, the Bible makes it clear, the old is gone and a new identity rise up. And it's time for the church to live in this, that we don't take the war outside there into the church and fight inside here. But we show what Christ has paid a a, a massive price for on the cross. It says in Colossians 3, verse 9 to 11, do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Galatians 3 verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Can I read that again? There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What are the three things that Paul addresses here? Ethnicity, gender, and social economic barriers. Isn't that what the world is fighting about out there? We are all one in Christ Jesus. Doesn't matter where we come from or what we've walked. Doesn't matter in, into what heritage we've been born into, into, our, into what ethnicity God in his godness and utterness has chosen for me to be birthed into, because that's just who God is. He, before the foundations of the earth, have decided where I need to be and in what family wants to place me. We are all one in Christ. Doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. And yes, there's been seasons where the oppression of women has been terrible. And even today, we see it in our own nation, where there's, there's violence against women, which is wrong. And it should not be like that, and it breaks the heart of God. And it's done by men who still assume this thing of we are the stronger ones. But we've got to understand that right in the beginning, where God made Adam and Eve, he made them to be Adam and Eve, both representations of the image of God fully representing him it's only when the fall came in that their positioning and their function changed and then he says neither slave nor free doesn't matter how much you earn whether you work for a boss or whether you're your own boss we are all one in christ i desire to see us live like that where these barriers are out of the way and we completely are free in our identity and it can only happen together two last things we reach further in our generosity together. When I give 10 rand, my 10 rand can go some distance. But if we come together and we say, we're all gonna give our part, we can really reach greater heights and greater impact for the kingdom. I'm gonna ask Sarah to quickly come and join me because she stewards the the finances for us uh, as our financial manager in church under the oversight of the eldership of this church. But she's just wanting to share with you guys how our generosity together has been making an impact in our immediate community. So over to you, thank you Sarah.
3: Thank you. I'm gonna use a piece of paper because I feel a bit nervous. Um, So I'm gonna teach you all to budget now. Um, Jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not. (laughs) So as a finance person, I crunch the numbers every month. I pay our bills, I watch the cash flow, um, I drop the reports which I present monthly to our amazing finance committee. Um, But I don't just see numbers when I go through the bank statements when I'm going through the transactions Every single transaction of generosity because that's what it is is a person. It's a person It's a couple. It's a family and I see that so whether you've just put tithe or the Afrikaans version I was going to try say the Afrikaans version for tithe but my Afrikaans is atrocious. There you go Tinder
0: Some Afrikaans (laughs) people try and do The tithes thing, and it ends up being Thais.
3: I've had that before, yes. So just stick to
0: Afrikaans, all right. Or or, or my best one is is Thais. Yes. That's a good one.
3: So when I see those coming in, I know every single transaction that comes into account is not money. It's not 50 rand. It's not 500 rand. It's a person, and it's a bit of faith that's being added to this church and to ours as the staff. I in mean, the past 18 months or more have opened my eyes. I have been so challenged, guys. I, yeah, I've been completely overwhelmed because my dad's a financial planner, my mom was a bookkeeper. We think, see things in black and white and you see numbers and the global trend of the economy was not looking very good. Um, but as a church, um, we decided to go against the tide. We decided to have faith um, and bring our faith together. Um, and as I've crunched the numbers of the last 18 months, as I do, this is exactly what Every Nation Somerset West has done. Um, you guys have added your faith and your generosity, and the stuff that we have seen is, it's blown my mind, I've been amazed. Um, so with every food voucher we've bought, we've bought food vouchers for people, we've, um, staff have gone and got care packs when people were sick. We've delivered those to the families. We've put petrol in people's car um, to fill an empty tank. These are all people that had no idea where their next meal was coming, whether they're gonna be able to get to the job that they desperately needed. We were able to do that and it's this family. So it's not me, it's not Pierre, it's you guys. You guys that are watching at home. You guys have all played a part in that generosity. So whether you give a 50 rand gift, a 15,000 rand gift, 50,000 rand gift, that's a collective generosity. Um, as a little girl, I used to, uh, I hate seeing orphans or people being hungry or I was always, I'm very emotional, so I get very emotional when I see this stuff and I was like, "How am I going to change the world? I can't, I can't do that. And now I know it's when we're together, when we're a family, a spiritual family, that's how we change the world. So in terms of money, in the last 18 months or so, we have received and given out over almost 700,000 rand in benevolence. Um, and that's your guys' faith. It's your guys' generosity, coming together and making a difference in the lives of people. It's individuals. It's a mom who's desperate for nappies, and you know what? She got nappies. She needed a formula for a baby. She got formula. It's people that didn't have, know where the next meal was coming from. And they got that next meal, and it's because of your guys' faith. So I am amazed. (laughs) When I look at the finances for this past year, it defies what should have been the case. It defies what should have been the the reality. Because I know a lot of people lost jobs. They lost loved ones, but you guys still put your faith out there.
0: Awesome. Let's give God the honor. Thank you, Sarah. What she just described, we find in the Bible in the first church, it says this, All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. I'm going to read that again. God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all that there were no needy person among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Isn't that amazing? I want to commend you guys because that's been one of our prayers that we would be generous. That's why we speak about generosity here. It's not so that you can zip open the wallet. It's so that your heart can be captivated and realize if you bring it here, that togetherness, we can reach far massive things for the kingdom. Who would have known 18 months back that God would have entrusted us With 700,000 rand worth of food, petrol, taking care of people in need amongst you guys. Isn't that amazing? Can we just give God another cheer of honor for that? So we reach further in our generosity together. And then the last thing this morning that we do together is we witness together. When we are together, there's a witness that this world needs. Because Jesus said, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. I came to seek and save the lost. This is beautiful. What we have here is incredible. The fact that we can gather as the people of God and be the house of the Lord is awesome. But Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. And when we are together like this, there's somewhat of a witness. (laughs) But when we are together out there, then our witness increases exponentially. And then we get to show the world just how awesome our God is, John 13:34, verse 32, 35, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another, if you lift that Christ-like identity if you bring your generosity to the table, if you pray together, if you carry burdens together, if you sit around the Word together and say, hey guys, how are we gonna obey the Word this week? Come on, we can do it. Then we become those witnesses that Christ has called us to be. I'm Gonna ask Hanre to just share a brief testimony of what happened in their small group just a past couple of weeks ago of how they witnessed without knowing that they are actually witnessing, which is amazing.
4: Hello, morning everyone. So as Pierre said, uh, we're a few guys, we're coming together on a weekly basis in a local coffee shop, Uh, and there we encourage one another, Uh, parenting is a big topic, and then also we talk about Jesus and his word. So a few weeks ago, we were doing just that, and at a table next to us, there was a gentleman sitting there, and as we were talking, the next moment he was turning around and saying, listen, I couldn't um, help but hear what you guys are saying. And then he was sharing a few of his own thoughts and then very politely kind of excused himself. And we said, dude, you should actually join us, man. He said, no, 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 And then he went his own way and we continued. And the next week, um, as we were talking, he came in again and the guy's very friendly. He said, hey, and I said, Whoa. and he came to sit at the table again. And um and and, and 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 again the guy said, Dude, you should join us. Nee, 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 nee. He said, there also, ears poking up sir. and um and then the next week, um he was a bit late, so <laughs> and we saw and we said, we looked at our watch and said, Dude, you should come now and I was a intimidated And then afterwards, um I went to greet the owner, I said, Listen, thank you, bye. And I, I went to him and I said, Listen, um it's like a Jesus, have a good day. And he said, but who are you guys? And then I told him, listen, we're just a few guys coming together from this church. And and he said, but are you gathering every Thursday? Yeah? And I said, yes, yes, we're gathering yeah, every Thursday. And at what time? Seven o'clock. And I said, so you're more than welcome. I said, yeah, I just might join you guys. Um, and then next, next week came and he was... Uh, Almost on time, and I think I was a bit intimidated, because now we're very friendly with him. he said hey, <laughs> greeting me as if he's one of us. Um, and then he said, hello. And um, He got a takeaway coffee, unfortunately. <laughs> so, <laughs> he haven't joined us yet, <laughs> but, but afterwards, we we say, shared a few stories in the group about this guy. And we said, listen, and and, and and what was amazing to me is he he's on everyone in the group. He's on our hearts, and we're praying for him, and we're trusting God. Even if he's not going to join our group, that he's going to meet, have a meeting with Jesus..
0: So just in being together out there, we witness. It's that simple, guys. Remember, I said last week, it's a call of simplicity. We've complicated it. even in our own desire to share the gospel with others, we like it's this massive big step of evangelism. And now I need to go and say, hey, do you know Jesus? Are you going to heaven or hell? What's the end of your life? No, just live Christ out there. Together. Follow Jesus. Together, the world is watching. And grab opportunities like this to say, hey, you want to be part of this and pull people in. doesn't matter if he sits in that group and for 10 years he doesn't say, I want to follow Jesus. He's hearing the word every week. He's being prayed for. His burdens will be carried. He's going to experience the generosity of a group of men that says, hey, today we're paying for your coffee. And he's going to see an identity of men that do different things and are on different walks of life, but they all represent something. They're representing the kingdom of God. So for us as a church, as we follow Jesus together, This is how we're going to do it. It's so simple. It is just so simple. We read and obey the word together. We pray together. We carry each other's burdens together. We become more effective and flourish in the spirit of God together. Then we will also see that we represent a Christ identity together. We can be more generous together and we will witness to the world together. And that's how simple it is to follow Jesus together.